wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the stock market, why the stock market dropped a little bit this morning. And also, we're going to talk about Amazon laying off 18,000 workers. And what does it mean when a company lays off employees? Is that a bad thing or a good thing? What does it say about the economy? What does it say about your investments? So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Welcome, everybody, to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day. And the condition is that we are black first. Black first means that we put our community at the top of our priority list. The racial wealth gap is something that is uh, requires all of our attention. Uh, in order for black wealth to be built, we have to focus on black people. And I do not apologize for that. So I hope that's OK. Uh, give me a B1 in the chat if you agree, if that philosophy makes sense to you. Give me a B1 also if you're educating your kids. Give me a B1 also if you are buying stock consistently, which I highly recommend that everybody do uh, because the stock market is one of the great keys to wealth. Now, uh, I want to say good morning to everybody. Uh, shout out to your city please, uh, if you'd like to. Uh, Rashad Boyd, uh, how you doing out of Baltimore? Hey, Erlene, how are you? Dirty Work 937, I see you. Uh, Von Wayne and Jameer and Noble, Annette Wilson, uh, Strom, uh, Wanna Death, Paulson. That's Wanna Death. Wow. Winna Death. Winna Death. Is that right? Did I say that right? Winna Death. Uh, Rosemary, beautiful name, by the way. Uh, Rosemary and Terrence and everybody on Instagram, what's going on? All right. So let me jump right into it so we don't waste too much of your time. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about a couple of things. And then at the end, I'm going to point out a stock that uh, that I'm going to actually buy that I bought some shares of today. And I'm going to buy some more shares of. So hang out to the end of the video and I will tell you a stock that I actually am personally investing in that I believe has tremendous potential based on my research. Uh, so today, the stock market, um, it looked like, at least in the beginning, based on the initial headlines, that the Dow uh, that the Dow went down today. Uh, let me see here. It looks like it's down 422 points today. Today is uh, January 5th. Uh, that, that's pretty bad. That's sad. But, you know, you've got a lot to work out in this economy, a lot to work out in this market. A lot of weird things are happening. Now, um, on the good note, uh, co companies like, um, I, I know Coinbase just made a deal with the federal government where they had to pay a fine. And their stock price, actually, uh, when I saw it before, it had gone up. And, uh, and and that made me happy because uh, I was tired of watching it go down. But uh, a lot of you that are in the Prime program know that um, that Coinbase has been a great stock to sell uh, stock options on. So I've been able to you know generate a lot of cash off of that stock uh, by selling the options. And so um, anyway, uh, the uh, the jobs report. I uh, came out today. It was pretty good. Uh, there was a lot of jobs being created in the economy. So you are in a strong economy. Uh, everybody who thinks that we're in a recession right now, um, I'd have to I'd have to debate that with you because uh, all the indicators kind of show that there are uh, lots of jobs being created in the economy. But what's confusing about it is that at the same time, you see that Amazon, Amazon laid, is laying off 18,000 workers. And this is after they laid off 10,000 workers. Now, I want to put that into context uh, because, you know, Amazon's a big employer. Lawyer. Um, and, uh, it, and here's the thing, uh, you know, uh, 18,000 workers sounds like a lot, but I want you to guess, guess in the chat, how many total employees Amazon has, uh, give me, give me just a wild guess of how many employees you think Amazon has. So they delayed off 10,000 workers, they're laying off another 18,000 workers. How many employees do y'all think that Amazon has total? <laughs> and then this will kind of put it into context for you. Go ahead and make a guess. 
All right, so as you're guessing, I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer so we can get on with this uh, conversation. Uh, they have 1.4 million, 1.4, 1,468,000 employees. So getting rid of 18,000 employees means that they go from 1,468,000 employees to 1,450,000 employees. So that is, um, and that's what industry looks like. You know, when I, when I talk to you guys about what black wealth needs to look like, um, I don't care about some rapper who sold a million albums. I don't care about some basketball player who signed a hundred million dollar contract and bought his mama a house. All those things are nice and cute, uh, but you know, or some celebrity who built one school. Uh, what's really wealth? What's really economic power? What really moves the needle is job creation. Uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, because of the way he was raised and trained, he wasn't trained to be a basketball player. He wasn't trained to be a rapper. Jeff Bezos was trained to be an engineer. A lot of you have children that were trained to be in, that are being trained in STEM, right? How many of you got kids or relatives that are good with science, good with um, computer science or, or, or are going to be engineers one day? Well, uh, let me tell you the difference. This is where the Jeff Bezos has come from. I, I studied Jeff Bezos his whole life because I believe that if we produce uh, 10,000 Jeff Bezos in the black community, then we can actually create more wealth than anyone else. Well, Jeff Bezos was trained to uh, study engineering and science and everything else, just like a lot of your kids are. The difference is culture. Um, and as I talk about this in my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, it's out now. If you go to BoyceWalkins.com, feel free to get a copy of, of the book. Um, uh, the culture, the cultural difference is that uh, in Jeff's household, when he showed up as a great engineer, he was also encouraged to be an entrepreneur. Uh, he left a good job to go and start Amazon, uh, he sat in a uh, class on how to create a bookstore. He sat there next to librarians and, and take, took notes on how to sell books. And then he created Amazon and he used technology, his engineering skills, skill to scale up Amazon and to sell millions of products to people around the world. The difference in culture is that in a lot of our families, we have a million Jeff Bezoses in the black community. But unfortunately, if they're not using their intelligence to, uh, to rap, or to uh, play basketball or to twerk, uh, a lot of our Jeff Bezos is, uh, that become in actual engineers are pretty much told to go get a good job. Now, I'm not putting the whole black community uh, in, in the same bucket. I'm not putting Jeff Bezos on a pedestal. I'm really talking about systematic culture. So so ultimately, what you got to understand is that when you have that guy, that that kid or that that little boy, or that little girl in your house that has that ability to understand science and math and engineering, don't just tell that kid to go get a good job working for GE or Ford or IBM. Tell them they can also go out and create an Amazon and employ one point four million black people. They're, you name you tell me one rapper. Jeff Bezos employs one point four million people, mostly white. Uh, he does that for his his community. Tell me, point out one rapper. Can you name one rapper, one celebrity in the black community that employs even 1% of that? What's 1% of 1.4 million? Let me move the decimal over. 14,000 people. Can you name one black celebrity that employs 14,000 people? 1%. Or, what, or let's say, or even if you go, if you want to really put a stress this on, let's say 10%. Is there is there one black person that you can think of that employs one hundred and forty thousand black people? There's there is none. Right. And, and it's and a lot of it's because, you know, sometimes we look at the wrong standards when it comes to wealth. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just sort of showing you what that looks like. So uh, Amazon's laying off 18,000 workers. Uh, that that is uh, a sign that 
Amazon is scaling back. It doesn't mean Amazon is doing badly. Amazon's the biggest holding in my portfolio, actually. And I'm a big believer in Amazon. So when Bezos makes money, then we make money too. Uh, somebody put Tyler Perry. Maybe Tyler has 14,000 employees. I'm not sure. I'd have to go look that up. But he could be he could be the closest. And that will be that would hit that one percent criteria. So to, uh, our 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 biggest black employer. Uh, according to what we see here, and I don't know who else is out there, uh, employs 1% of the people that Jeff Bezos employs. So if you want to understand a lot of the racial wealth gap, you you only, you only don't need to look further than job creation. Are there uh, companies in the Black community that Black HBCU graduates can go work for when they finish college? Uh, are these HBCU graduates en masse, hundreds of thousands of them, prepared to go out into the world and create the kind of infrastructure and delegation and systems necessary to employ other people? Or are they pretty much trained to be hired guns uh, or to be a soldier in someone else's economic military? Or are they being trained to be generals? Um, I'm training my son to be a general. I'm not training him to be a soldier. I say you be a soldier for as long as you need to, but eventually you got to become a leader where you can actually create prosperity for others and not just for yourself. So do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, uh, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, I want to remind everybody, uh, if you want to uh, go through, I'm, I'm going to do an event on the 13th. Uh, it's called a, a financial slumber party. We decided that we were going to all get together at 11 p.m. Eastern uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, on Friday night, the 13th, and we're going to go through the curriculum of uh, something I put together called Stock Market Decoded. And in Stock Market Decoded, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you the best stock market investor in your family. I literally will give you, arm you with all the tools that you need to, to demystify and debunk any other BS that you're hearing from your relatives about why you shouldn't invest and why investing is stupid and why investing is going to lose all your money. So if you'd like to join us, just go to boyswalkins.com. So make sure you wear your pajamas and bring your popcorn. Me and my wife will be in our pajamas and we're going to, we're going to have fun, but we're also going to learn how to invest and build wealth at the same time. And it'll give you kind of a template you can use for your own family. When you get together and have fun or you get together for a Sunday dinner, also get together and have family business meetings, get together and help each other. Don't just feed each other. Uh, food, feed each other economic opportunities, feed each other possibilities, feed each other wealth, right? That's how you also feed and show love to other people you care about. So uh, if you want to join the Financial Slumber Party, just go to boycewalkins.com and uh, and you'll get a free a lifetime access copy of Stock Market Decoded. And also you only have to pay for one person. If you pay for one person, you can bring your whole entire family. So buy one, get five free or whatever it is you want to do. Uh, you can have a watch party at your house, whatever it is you want. All right, guys. So let me keep going here. Um, the uh, the jobs report was good. Uh, that's why the stock market went down. This is the weird world that you live in when good where good news is bad news and bad news is good. So basically, the good news is that the economy is strong and humming along. Jobs are being created. The bad news is that that means the Fed's going to come through and they're going to keep hacking uh, hacking away at the economy. They're going to keep on increasing interest rates. Every time they increase interest rates, it ends up hurting uh, your stocks. And so uh, ultimately. Um, if you're a believer in the whole buy and hold long term investing strategy, which has been tried and true for the last 120 years, uh, then that means that as the prices keep dropping, you can keep buying, scooping up uh, cheap stocks. But you're going to have to wait for the money to come back. Kathy Wood, a person that I really like and respect a lot, made a really good point about a lot of these tech companies that people are running away from. She said that this uh, downturn in the economy is creating tremendous opportunity, for, which I, I don't know if that, how debatable that is, but it's creating tremendous opportunity for these tech companies to really create innovations that are going to be deflationary long term. What does that mean? Well, basically, I think what she's saying is that 
there's so many really cool things like gene editing and 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 uh, what's um, uh, self-driving cars and 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 AI artificial intelligence and things like that that are going to be really fascinating and that are going to really change uh, entire industries. And she's an investor in companies like that with her Arc Investing company. And if you want to know how I feel about Arc, I really like Arc a lot. I think it's really good. Um, some other uh, interesting news: uh, Tesla stock dropped five percent. Um, and Elon Musk is really getting his butt kicked right now. Uh, I know he's talking a lot of smack on Twitter and he owns all these companies and he's always going to be rich. But Elon Musk actually this year became the first person uh, in American history to lose $200 billion in a year. Not sorry, not American history, world history. There's never been a person in the history of the world that lost $200 billion, even had that much to lose. So Elon Musk's wealth has been bleeding. It's been plummeting. It's pretty ugly. And Tesla stock dropped another 5% today. Um, a, a lot of the, in, in the, the expectations of the stock are just all over the place. And uh, but a lot of people, more people think it's going to go up than, than down. And uh, there are a lot of people out there that are just making money short selling the stock. And they've been short selling for a long time and they've made a killing short selling Tesla stock if they were able to hold on. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond may end up going bankrupt. That was a really popular meme stock. It was right there with GameStop and AMC. Uh, but Bed Bath & Beyond has pretty much told people that they may not be able to stay in business. They lost, I think, about $380 million uh, this past quarter, which is absolutely insane. Um, I, I, thought, I always thought Bed Bath & Beyond was a good store, but apparently they put too much into the business. And so what I think is uh, important to understand there with business is that you can have a good business model and a good idea but if you get too greedy, then you put yourself in a risky position. So if you have a good business, why do you have to go borrow a billion dollars to expand that business? Why not uh, borrow a, a tenth of that, right? Or something like that, something that's more manageable. So so the moral of the story with Bed Bath & Beyond, in my opinion, is don't go chasing waterfalls. You know, you can have a good business that can go bad because you take on too much debt. Too much debt becomes toxic. And so sometimes people try to expand things out of control. Next thing you know, you got a really good business that ends up dropping because you force Forced it to grow too fast. Okay, so um, Bed Bath and Beyond, their stock is down to about two dollars a share. It was traded as high as fifty-two dollars a share. Uh, a lot of that wealth that was lost with Bed Bath and Beyond also was money that people like Michael Cohen were taking from the meme stock traders. All the Wall Street bets guys that believed in Michael Cohen and were betting on, on, on everything. I did a whole video where I explained to you that I think this guy did a complete pump and dump. He took complete advantage, in my view, in my opinion, he took advantage of all those Wall Street bets kids that believed in him and believed uh, in, in all this nonsense. And they pushed that stock price way, way up. And he was planning to sell the entire time. He sold those shares while they were high. They got left with the trash. And now a lot of them lost a lot of money. And that's how the game is played. So you got to be really careful with Wall Street because there are people that can rig the game heavily in their favor. Uh, last but not least, I saw something <laughs> where Cardi B uh, said something about um, the groceries. You know, she was on the on her Instagram. She's got a real animated personality. She was like, "Who who caused the price of groceries to go this up? Go up this high?" You know, so she's like sw neck swinging and cussing about the price of uh, groceries and how lettuce is six dollars now instead of two dollars, which is kind of funny because people were like, you know, like, wait a minute, but you're a millionaire. Why do you care about the price of lettuce? But Cardi made a good point. Cardi said, uh, you know, she said that's why I. She said that's why I know that if you ever get some money, you're gonna just waste it all because you just be throwing that money around and wasting it blah, 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 and you got to be efficient with your money you got to watch where your money is going and i'm like okay go ahead girl give you a little financial lesson go pull out your inner dr voice uh but here's the thing about cardi that was really funny though is she uh contradicted herself just a little bit because she said that whoever's responsible for lettuce the price of lettuce going this high needs to be taken out of office 
uh, oddly, oddly enough, a lot of people, if they're political in this conversation, would say that Biden played a big part in all of this. Uh, if you remember, one of the biggest things that the Democrats did was, uh, and the Republicans are not perfect. We know they're not perfect. That's why I don't, I don't, I don't vote for either party. Just in case you want to know, um, but uh, the Democrats pushed through that massive spending bill. And here's the thing: pay attention now. This was before inflation had gotten out of control. But if you go back and you look at what people were saying, what the economists were saying when the spending bill got pushed through, or and, and then the, the response to COVID was just outlandish, insane. They were just throwing money out there, printing money like like it like it was going out of style. Um, a lot of people were saying, "Look, if you keep doing this, you're going to have a, a serious inflation problem." You know, like if, if you don't fix this, if you don't calm yourself down. You're going to have inflation that is ridiculous and out of control. People are going to go to grocery stores and not be able to afford to buy food. People around the world, some people in some countries, it's beyond not being able to afford food. They, they just starve to death. They can't get food at all. You know, they like they can't eat. You know, so ultimately, if she wants to point out who was responsible, yeah, it's hard to go too far past Biden and uh, the, the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, Jerome Powell. Uh, both of these individuals were warned ex extensively about uh, the consequences of, of the choices that were being made. So again, uh, the, I'm not seeking to be overly political with that conversation, but that's just a fundamental fact. And uh, there was something here I wanted to show you guys on the debt clock, but you know what? I think I'm going to have to go dig it up again later. But there was literally a statistic on the debt clock. There's this thing called debtclock.org you can go to where you can see the total U.S. government debt. Total national debt is about $31,468,585,000,000 right now. And it's moving up super fast. It's moving up probably about a million dollars a minute or something crazy like that. Uh, and then there was a point where um, on this app, they actually had historical comparisons. And I can't find the comparison right now. If, if I could find it, I would show it to you. But uh, there was a stat that I saw that blew my mind where they were comparing uh, debt to GDP. Uh, th th that's where you basically are taking the amount of debt you have and comparing it to the amount of income you have. So it would be like a debt to income ratio that they would use in order for you to buy a house. They would say, okay, what is your debt and what is your income? Divide debt by income, and that would be your debt to income ratio. Well, the United States' debt to income ratio, debt divided by GDP, around World War II uh, was, uh, let's say, I don't know, let's say it was 40% or something like that. Now that number's like 300% or 250% or something absolutely insane it's 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 literally gotten to the point where it's and i gotta go double check on i may be way off with the numbers but i will say this the 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 difference was so drastic that it really makes me fear for the future the economic future of this country uh america to some extent is a sinking ship uh the way we invest is going to have to evolve uh the u.s government is going to continue to pile on this insane amount of debt uh, which eventually could create a scenario where we have hyperinflation or other problems like that. So uh, so diversification is the way you protect yourself against all of that. Uh, everybody wants to talk about how ri risky crypto is, but nobody's talking about how risky the federal government's um, spending policies are. That's probably, in my view, one of the greatest risk factors of all time. All right. So uh, anyway, do me a favor. If you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Uh, I'm about to share a stock that uh, I just invested in. And uh, if you want to add it to your portfolio, feel free. Just know it's something that I'm actually, I just bought some shares in this stock. Uh, but also uh, just uh, to remind you again, uh, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. I'm going to do a book tour. And in every city, I'm not just going to go there and sign books. 
I'm going to do a deep dive training into this book. It gives 10, 10 rules that if you apply this to your family, you will be in a position to generate the kind of general intergenerational wealth that will transform your family for the next 100 years. This is based on economic theory. This is based on the things I learned as a, as a PhD student. This is based on the things I taught when I was on the faculty at Syracuse University. It's also black specific. I specifically wrote this book for you. I did not write this. White folks are welcome. I don't hate anybody. I don't dislike any group. Any group that wants to learn from the best can come here and, and listen in just like we listen to what the Jewish community is doing. And I respect it immensely. They can come listen to us because we are the new Jews in that in that. Sense. And maybe we're the original Jews. I know that's what my Hebrew Israelite friends tell me too. Either way, whatever you believe, just know that um, this book is my contribution to making us the most economically intelligent group of people on the planet. I want us to be the people that other people study and emulate. So uh, I'm going to do a deep dive training on how you can implement this into your household. Uh, and uh, and also, if you want to get a Black Wealth calendar, I put the principles on a Black Wealth calendar so you can put the principles on your refrigerator to have your kids memorize them uh, so that when you build that family business, you'll know what a code of conduct looks like, what a blueprint looks like, uh, how to be in a position to be successful. So all that's on my website, BoyceWatkins.com. So feel free to go to BoyceWatkins.com. You can join the Financial Slumber Party on the 13th. You can get your copy of the book if you want. You can go get a calendar if you want. Whatever it is you want, we got we, we got you. We got your back. Uh, all right. So um, last but not least, uh, here's the stock that I like. The stock that I like right now is Uber. Um, I just bought some more shares of Uber uh, because I believe that the price of Uber, let me go look at Uber stock right now. Uh, Uber stock has been taking a pound in like everything else. Um, and, that, and that's just what it is. You know, right now, Uber stock is trading about $25 a share. Uh, let's see the last year it's dropped 40%. Um, I'll share my screen. Now, if you're on Instagram, you won't see it, but I'll just tell you what's on the screen. Uh, if you want to see it, you can uh, go to the blackfinancialchannel.com. But let me uh, show you guys Uber stock. So if you look at Uber stock right now, you see that it's gone down the last year by 40%. Uh, if you hit the five-year thing, it's it's even down over the last five years. This is a weird company because they don't really make a lot of money. <clears throat> if you look here uh, under P.E. ratio, <laughs> you see there's nothing here. P.E. ratio is price divided by earnings. The reason that P.E. ratio is missing is because they're still losing money. Like a lot of people don't know that Uber is still a money losing company for the most part. But Uber has tremendous potential. And I believe that once the economy recovers, given that Uber survives, which I have no reason to believe that they won't, I think Uber is going to be a high flyer. Uh, but everything's got to kind of clear up. So once the stock market starts to improve, uh, which will be driven by when the Fed uh, announces that they're going to pivot and stop increasing interest rates. Once that happens, Uber, I believe, will be one of those stocks that just kaboom, just takes off and goes to the next level. So not telling you what to do. This is not investment advice. This is just me sharing uh, what, what I what I share with my students. So uh, and in fact, if you'd like to join us for stock market investing class, uh, we meet every Tuesday. Uh, feel free uh, to go to uh, the blackstockmarketprogram.com uh, and uh, you can take a look. And it's also that's also on my website as well. So uh, anyway, take care, guys. Have a good day. I love you. And I hope you uh, make a ton of money. I hope your life is better uh, with each passing day. And 2023 belongs to you. Don't forget that. And uh, you just got to have the right attitude. Talk to you guys later. Be good. Peace.